Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. When we last spoke, we were talking about presidential politics, so we'll take up that conversation again today. But we got a lot of other national issues on the mind as well, so we'll be enjoying some open phones today. We're going to start out with a guest. On the mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at uh, sunburymotors.com. On the news line with us now, Dan Muser, U.S. Congressman from the 9th District from Dallas, Pennsylvania, and uh, completely free of COVID-19. He couldn't say that two weeks ago. So first of all, we welcome you to the Newsline, Dan. Thanks for checking in. And we're glad you recovered. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, Fully recovered. Appreciate being with you. All right. Well, if you don't mind, can you uh, relate the COVID experience to us? Tell us about uh, having coronavirus. Well, I had very mild symptoms. Um, I uh, obviously got tested, and it was a bit of a surprise, but I had I did feel a symptom that, that morning. Uh, and, uh, well, I uh, confined myself. Fortunately, my, my family, um, my, my children are more or less grown. But they're in college, and so they had left uh, the week before, so that was good. My wife tested negative, so uh, I was very grateful for that. And then I uh, just um, uh, dealt with it. Uh, I did have some symptoms, uh, but I was largely able to work uh, through it. I listened to my doctor. I took all the right things, um, and um, including some of the controversial uh, items. Uh, I didn't take hydroxychloroquine, although my doctor recommended it only because I, I started two days before I saw him on, on a Z-back. Anyway, you know, I, I would just say to people that if you do feel a symptom, uh, be be careful. Uh, wear the masks. Everything else, as as we should in regular social distancing. Uh, but if you feel if you feel that symptom coming on any stronger or a second, get tested immediately. Um, and because uh, this uh, uh, this virus is contagious. Got to ask you, since the president was famously not wearing a mask, uh, were you engaged in any risky behavior that might have led to you catching it? <laughs> No, no. Okay. I um, I follow the uh, the uh, suggestions for the uh, for the large most part. You know, uh, outdoors when you're at a distance from people, uh, many don't feel it's necessary to to wear a mask. I can certainly understand that. But um, hey, look, better you know, better safe than sorry. But but once again, we can't make the cure or the the, the effects on our our freedoms, frankly, and our uh, daily uh, lives be overly overwhelmed uh, 
uh, by this. So we just got to do things based upon the occasion and, and, and just be smart and be courteous. Now, has this changed your perspective? There's a lot of coronavirus uh, conversations and legislations and guidelines and news conferences that emanate from Washington. How has this changed your view on uh, you, you, on your official duties and your thoughts about that? Well, the only thing that changed, I, I spoke to many doctors from the White House, to congressional doctors, my own doctor, uh, to those at Geisinger, uh, and without necessarily mentioning any names, um, you know, the idea that they, that, that hydroxychloroquine, for instance, has become so political, so politicized for absolutely no reason, because even the doctors in Congress, members, uh, all said to me, uh, day one on the hydroxychloroquine, uh, it's, it, it is effective. Do the z packs uh, do, do the, uh, the vitamin D. Uh, and so any other perspective is that, look, I mean, I, I believe the evening that I, I got it, actually, we were social distancing and we, uh, we were wearing masks. Mm. So, you know, um, you, you just gotta, you just got to be as careful as possible, sanitize. Uh, but no, the only perspective is that we just got to face reality and stop all the, all the, all the, the, the politicizing of, of this, uh, and uh, and also respect the fact that we we, we 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 need to continue to live and maintain livelihoods. Uh, my, my symptoms were very mild. I mean, I've had the flu that was that was far far stronger uh, symptoms than uh, in sickness than than this. Now, clearly, we have those in our society that are more susceptible uh, to, to severity in this, and that, that group uh, needs to be extremely careful. Um, so, you know, again, we just, we truly have to follow the data, not be following the data, follow the, understand the science, but also appreciate the fact that we got to keep our economy open and, um, and, and schools are essential. If you follow the MSNBC and CNN Kool-Aid in the mornings, you would see that the president has done a deplorable job in handling the pandemic. Where do you come down on that view? Oh, you know, let's go back to the videotape, as they say in the sporting world. Look at the timeline of what the president did and what others were saying at, at at the same time. Nancy Pelosi was inviting everyone to come to Chinatown in San Francisco because the president prohibited the travel from China, right? The, the, the day after, he, he announced the prohibition of uh, flights from China. He instituted the national emergency uh, declaration while that was going on, and Joe Biden was calling him exotophobic. I mean, that's the reality. Mario Cuomo is telling people in New York, or Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, that, um, that, that, every, that people are at a low risk. And uh, Andrew Cuomo... I mean, couldn't have made more mistakes if he tried. I mean, if he deliberately did try to make this as bad as possible, that's what he did. And then he overstated the problem. We sent far too many resources there uh, that, were, that, that, uh, that, that were necessary. I mean, he, he was he, a terrible, terrible job, except he had press conferences that made people feel good. And, and here in Pennsylvania, look, there were a lot of mistakes made, a lot of mistakes made by, by many, but how could there be? It was, it was, it was, it was new, but the media, who, who was just absolutely shameless at, at, at this point, uh, just, just is so, so misrepresents that you can't even watch it for five minutes. It's unwatchable. 
uh, their the, the commentary and how how um, partisan they are. Um, all they do is highlight any potential statement made by the president in the worst possible light, and they they don't even play. They don't even they don't even uh, uh, show you uh, that the commentary made by uh, the Bidens of the world and, and the Kamala Harris's and the Nancy Pelosi's. So we really people just have to dig for information, uh, find the truth. We, we're we're I'm always on the side of the truth. Let's just get to the truth. And let's go from there. Look what they did to the president on, on his two years ago, his trip to, uh, to to France. Now that is being refuted over and over and over by people who who are um, uh, stating uh, that they were there, are not doing it in an anonymous way, and stating that it never happened. How much is that being being um, shown on on these so-called news stations and this media, uh, rather than the constant trailers? If it were true. Uh, what the president said was terrible. I mean, it's 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 awful. It's awful. The, well, the, uh, the, the the bias that exists in our, our so-called media. Well, the left wing's going a little crazy. First, they hated John Bolton, then they loved him. Now they hate him again. So I was right. probably a little <laughs> paranoid going through his day. But you know, the president has certainly been a lightning rod, and his comments at times have inflamed people. I think rather unnecessarily. If you could change Donald Trump and make him more electable, what would you do, Congressman? Well, I, I'll tell you something. He he states the truth. He's not afraid, and maybe that's a controversial comment. He states what many already know, and he's not afraid to call something out for what it is. Now, let's look at the riots in in the streets. The the uh, the, the liberals. I, I can't call them liberals anymore. The extreme left. I mean, even liberals won't say that they're part of that extreme left. Um, but look what's look what's really occurred there. The um, uh, the uh, uh, Biden they had to take a poll. They had to take a poll before they would actually state that the, the riots were uh, uh, should be condemned, and they they admonished them. I mean, really? I mean, if there's anything wrong, it's lawlessness and violence in the streets. And they didn't mention it during their convention, not only until they took a poll. And you know what that did? It encouraged the rioters. It encouraged them. It made the problem worse. Their appeasement is not making it better. It's making it worse. Look at the Minneapolis mayor. Look what happened to him for, for his attempt at appeasement. Look at the Portland mayor. He had a move. Okay, Joe Biden becomes president. God forbid, and I, and I honestly mean that, God forbid, but his level of appeasement will drive him out of the White House. And I'm not, I'm not overstating that. You, you, can't, you can't have the back of rioters and denounce the police. My father was a, was a police officer. Okay, the moment you show signs that you are not supporting our blue line, which is actually a thin blue line in the grand scheme of things, that's when the rioters and, and, and civil unrest uh, will, will, will um, overwhelm uh, law and order. And that's what's happening. It's disgraceful the level level of leadership uh, for their short term. What they see, what they believe anyway, is their short term political gain. Uh, they won't condemn uh, the the looting, the rioting, the, the, the spitting of people in, uh, in in restaurants. And and just yesterday or the day before in Philadelphia, chance of death to America. And, and meanwhile, the media in the foreground stating, oh, how wonderful this peaceful protest is. <laughs> you know, maybe it wasn't violent, but it sure wasn't peaceful. 
so so I would just say the president needs to people need to understand uh, you know an informed electorate is a very our best voter uh, the more the more informed the better I believe that the president is highly patriotic I believe he, he wants what's best for America the greater good not his not his special interests or for his own perceived power and that's a, that's a big difference let's what what special interest is is, is Donald J Trump uh, ever seemed to be favorable to he takes on big farmer he heck he loves the military he puts the money into the military but on the same note he's he's, he's against the, the, the long-term wars I mean he's, he's pulling back the troops what is his special interest there is none his special interest is the people it's the people of America and it's and it's America's greater good for including as many as possible that's where our, our, our president is and and there is there's Certainly, Joe Biden's of the world uh, when when he uh, when he is uh, cognitive is is uh, following the lead of the extreme left and the lead of all of their special interests. Let me ask you a question: uh, When there's peaceful protesters, actual peaceful protesters, and there's been thousands of them all over the U.S., in what way do you hear that message? The message, either Black Lives Matter or uh, uh, other issues that uh, folks do want to get, folks that uh, peaceful protesters and demonstrators want to get out. In what way do you hear that message? Yeah, but, but very much so. I mean, when this first started, let's look way back when this first started. Uh, with um, uh, the the, uh, the the police action in in, in Minneapolis, uh, that was that was atrocious, right? We were all together on okay. Wait a second, this is this is highly wrong. This police officer needs to be not only terminated but but arrested or put put in jail or you know have to due process. And and yes, let's engage in appropriate police reforms. A bill came across Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, who was a terrific guy, put something across. And the Democrats turned their back on it. The Democrat leadership in the House and the Senate turned their back on it. And you got to wonder why, Mark and Joe, you got to wonder why. Is it because they wanted the issue rather than the solution? Why wouldn't they have gave? Even if it wasn't completely what they wanted, it was big steps in the right direction. And yet they turned their back on it. And what did we get done? Absolutely nothing except the problem got worse. So, so yeah, um, um, look, again, facts, reality, doing the right thing. Um, sure, you know, the, the whole idea of Black Lives Matter until, until it's a violent organization, right? And how about, how about just all Black Lives Matter? And while we're at it, how about just all lives matter? But, but somehow, somehow that, comment, that statement is, is controversial, which is, which is nonsense as well. Well, someone's pointed out that the black lives that seem to matter most are those taken by white police officers. Over the weekend in Chicago, there were another 50-some shootings, including the death of an 8-year-old girl. And there doesn't right. seem to be that much community outrage about those killings. And I think that, you know, obviously every human life matters. And, and I've heard people say, well, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. But if all lives matter, black lives do matter. You know, is right. there any, any common ground here, uh, Congressman? Absolutely, but we just got to take a breath, and we need we need the right leaders to call things out appropriately, not for their short term political gain or their perceived political gain. Come on, we can we can all, and that's what the president does, and it drives the media and drives the liberal left crazy. 
I think. I mean, the, 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 the president is not politically correct. He's calling it like he sees it. And, and in, in the end, it's truly for the greater good. Uh, of course, there's common ground. I, I, I mentioned, let's bring the community leaders, and very often those are African-Americans, closer together with the police to, to understand before being understood. Um, let's work on a uh, whatever else is necessary within these cities to, um, uh, to create a, a, a better uh, a feeling of law enforcement. Because people, it is important that people actually feel protected. So let's do those things. Now, on the same note, let's also illuminate what you just mentioned about the, hot, the thousands of black-on-black murders, right? There's, what were there, 8,000 last year or 7,700? And, and there were 11 um, uh, police officers um, killing armed, armed uh, uh, African-Americans, okay? That 11 is, is, is terrible. Okay, we wish it didn't happen, but, 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 you know, very often a policeman's life is on the line. Um, we don't always see that, but the, the numbers are, are, are what they are. And, uh, and that's the truth of, of the matter. Yet on the same note, if, if a community feels that they're not being protected properly, let's engage, let's review it, let's let people understand what the, uh, what, what the best approach is for all lives. Let's take a look at the polls for a minute. Um, I just saw a poll this morning that in Florida, it's now neck and neck between the president and Joe Biden. Here in Pennsylvania, Biden still holds roughly a 44 to 42 percent lead over President Trump. Um, how do you see Pennsylvania going in this election? I mean, you're, you're out there talking to folks. Is, is, it, is, this, uh, is there hidden support for Trump that we're not seeing? Are people reluctant to admit they're voting, going to vote for him? Or, you know, is he going to lose Pennsylvania? Yes, no. What we, we just said uh, prior to uh, saying I, I firmly, uh, realistically, and you know, I was a business person for 25 years. At a business, you don't fool yourself like like people in uh, uh, politics and government tend to. But um, I do believe firmly that the president is going to win Pennsylvania. We have. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Or you're aware of this. We've actually improved. Republicans, that is, we've added 150,000, actually, I think it's 162,000 new Republicans. That includes 60,000 Democrats that became Republicans, and on top of that, an additional 100,000 Republican new registrants. So the president won in, in 2016 by 44,000 votes. We just added 160,000 more new registra- Republican registrations. And you know what? I'd like to think that some of them changed for, for Dan Muser or Fred Keller or <laughs> Kurt Mosser or John Gordon or some of my other friends in the area, but they changed for, they changed for Donald J. Trump. And um, so, look, the president, I don't believe, has lost a vote this, from 2016. There's a tremendous amount of enthusiasm. I think he's picked up many votes because he delivered. He delivered on his promises. I mean, we literally had, up until January of this year, the best economy, database, the best economy in Pennsylvania in in a hundred years, and arguably one hundred years, and he, it, was, it was because of the president that that happened, uh, in, in spite of the very liberal desires of, of our current governor, um, and people appreciate that, and he will do it again. The confidence is there, and also tell you this on the polling, Republicans. One thing Republicans don't do well 
is answer polling questions. They can't find, and this is this is this is accurate. The polling uh, companies outweigh when they take their polls of of likely voters. It's usually about eight percent to ten percent more Democrats than actually turned out in 2016 presidential because they can't find, they can't finish their poll, they can't find the Republicans to answer the questions. So. Because Republicans are the silent majority, or let's put it this way, not just Republicans, Trump voters. Because because for the most part, Pennsylvania Democrats, I mean for the most part, are Trump Democrats. Or maybe not the most part, but a, but a high percentage of them. Can the president so, win the election without Pennsylvania? Well, actually, actually he can. Um, actually, last night we were just going through many scenarios with the Trump campaign. Excuse me, but uh, we don't want him to. I mean, you know, our focus is is here, uh, but he but he can. Yeah, there's there's three or four or five very legitimate uh, other scenarios that don't include Pennsylvania, uh, but we're not going to let that happen. Uh, we're going to get the vote out. As long as we get the vote out, uh, we're going to do well. And I'll also add this: I mean, all this tacit support and lack of condemnation of uh, the lawlessness uh, that that's existing. You know, uh, that, the suburbs don't like that. The suburbs don't don't like that we're not shutting down violence in the streets and people are afraid to go to an outdoor restaurant because mobs might come in and yell and scream at them. They don't like that in Pennsylvania. And I'll tell you what else uh, suburbs and city Pennsylvanians don't like, and this includes African Americans, this includes Latinos, it includes whites, it includes uh, Asians. They don't like socialism. They don't like socialism. If you 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 um, poll socialism, Pennsylvanians do not like socialism. And I'm here to tell you, I've had a front row seat uh, in in the in the uh, U.S. House watching Democrats' actions and their legislation that is socialist in 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 nature. I mean, not just in nature, in uh, in detail. I mean, you know, from uh, takeovers of the economy in the manner that they have this Green New Deal super high taxes, I mean, really high. I mean, Joe Biden is going to increase taxes by nearly 10%. 10% across the board. All right, we've got to stop uh, you he, there he, he, he because of time, so, but I have yep. to stop you there. But honestly, thank you so much. Uh, feel free to check in again as time permits, especially as the campaign and the election gets closer. We hope to hear from you again. And you can make a purely campaign appearance, too, on this show where you just call in and talk about uh, your uh, your uh, goals if reelected. Thank you so much, Dan Muser. Thank yes, you, sir. Thank you, Dan. Take care. Mark, Joe, thanks very much. Stay healthy. Appreciate the time. I really do. You Thank betcha. You. That Take is uh, Dan Muser, U.S. Congressman, 9th District of Pennsylvania. When other dealers can't get what you want, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is going strong. While others are leaving you in the cold, the deals at Sunbury Motors Hyundai are heating up with, with a sizzling, sizzling start, start to September. September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is committed to selling 20 new Hyundais by September 14th. Just listen to these deals. 2020 Hyundai Elantras starting at only 17.5. 2020 Konas as low as 21.642. 2020 Tucson's from just 22.5. The deals are hotter than the inside of 
remove your mask. And SMC has the vehicles you want in stock now. Remember, all new Hyundais come with America's best warranty, 10 years, 100,000 mile powertrain, and five years, 60,000 mile base warranty. See why we say, if you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. They're doing whatever it takes to sell 20 new Hyundais by the 14th during the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Big news, big news today. Oh. Something really noteworthy. What? President Donald J. Trump has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for his work in the Middle East. I'm sure everybody will jump on board with that recommendation. What? I mean, considering that President Obama won it for nothing eight months into his presidency, at least this president has done something to try to bring peace to the world. What? Yes. And not it was wasn't a Republican who sent in the nomination. It was a member of the uh, the Senate in Norway. What? Who nominated him? I don't know whether to fall off my chair. Are you serious? I'm absolutely serious and I say well deserved. What he done in the Middle East is historic and precedent setting. And if it were a Democrat who did it or somebody that the left loves, it would oh, this is wonderful. Even Joe Biden said, Well, we'll try to build off that if we get elected. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm shocked and appalled. I, I, You're well, appalled? He's no less deserving than President Obama was. President Obama won it before he had done anything. Anything, right. He was right. only, what, nine months into his term? Right. He had wonderful intentions. There's no argument about that. He did have good intentions. And President Trump may, may be uh, responsible for the good things, but the Nobel Peace Prize should still be reserved for people whose uh, well, legacy and history is easily recognizable, not he's President gotten Trump. Us, he's gotten us out of wars. He's pulled us back, pulled our troops back. You would think that you folks on the left would just be deliriously joyful about all this. One of the things you just said is on my list of the half dozen things the president's that done right. That you're delirious? No, the president's <laughs> done right. So the list is a little slanted towards the buffoonery, but it does have a couple <laughs> things. I mean, it's not totally hapless. All right, we're going to talk more about this 9 a.m. hour. And during the 9 a.m. hour, we'll have open phones. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line now wide open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. You can comment on some of the things that uh, U.S. Congressman Dan Muser talked about. He'll be making an appearance in the uh, two months ahead uh, a campaign appearance just talking about his potential re-election, so uh, we invited him to call back and do that at some point. He does have an individual who's running against him, so you'll be potentially hearing from that person in the months ahead as well. So we can also talk about the issues, talked about uh, Pennsylvania being a crucial battleground state, so is Florida, Wisconsin, and other states, so uh, where, how will they go is a big thing. We have a new poll that says uh, President uh, Trump is 
it's down by nine points in the latest NBC News Marist poll. So maybe you have some remarks about that. President Trump nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. So um, we do have some <laughs> irony to talk about today, so we can uh, discuss that. On the March That's right, po- snicker. Well... <laughs> Honest to Pete. That's your editorial comment. The president <laughs> has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Is that on, what you're doing over there? On the market sponsor by the Sunbury Motor <laughs> Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Students from a kindergarten classroom in the Danville Area School District went home yesterday after a positive COVID-19 case was reported. Superintendent Dr. Ricky Boyle says sending students in that classroom home was done as a precaution. She says the districts waiting for more guidance from the State Department of Health. They've had three positive uh, students at uh, Danville School District now. At the Danville Middle School, a positive coronavirus case was reported yesterday. Dr. Frank Jankowski, the superintendent, uh, he says that the students showed symptoms the morning of last Thursday, September 3rd, and was sent home after that. They feel as though they've taken appropriate action at Sealands Grove School District. Pennsylvania restaurants will soon be able to increase indoor occupancy to 50% in about two weeks, but they'll have to self-certify that they're up to speed on all guidelines and orders. Dr. Rachel Levine was in on the announcement yesterday and says part of the alcohol mitigation that they'll be doing means that after 10 p.m., restaurants won't be able to serve alcohol. She says that's targeted at students. Dr. Burks was here last week. She had said that we had done a quote-unquote remarkable job and we had been able to bend that curve. So now we're at the point where we feel that we can raise that occupancy limit but do it in a very safe way. Dr. Burks was here last week. She had said that we had done a quote-unquote remarkable job and we have been able... Okay, Dr. Burks is very much deserving of some praise there. Anyway, sorry about that. That's uh, not uh, intended to play those two together. Uh, More information about the self-certification processes at WKOK.com. Part of the mitigation process that they targeted was to make sure uh, that uh, college students were able to stay at restaurant to bars late into the hour and enjoy uh, the imbibing and spread of the virus among themselves. There are six New Valley COVID-19 cases that are confirmed in the Valley, and Union County lost three cases. Union County now has 414 overall cases since the pandemic began. That's three fewer than the day before, as the reconciliation of actual residency addresses uh, continues. Uh, There'll be some daytime delays on Route 147 under the CSVT bridge. You can blame Joe's for those. Uh, That's why they removed some fill in that particular area, and uh, there'll be daytime delays on 147 north of Northumberland. And the White House South Lawn and its iconic Rose Garden are undergoing extensive resodding and other reconstructive work after last month's Republican National Convention. Crews have been working to repair the damage on the public grounds, including the browning on the South Lawn and the mud patches in the Rose Garden after the spaces were used as backdrops for President Trump's uh, convention events. The Rose Garden repairs come just weeks after the White House completed a major and controversial renovation of the garden intended in part to improve the drainage infrastructure. Uh, each and every improvement that's uh, the repair at the White House South Lawn will not cost the U.S. taxpayers a single penny, they say. It's all being paid for by the campaign. 
All right. So those are the news headlines. Uh, We invite you to call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Carl, thank you for waiting. Uh, You are on the mark. Thanks for checking in today. Yes, very good. Thank you very much. I just wanted to call. I was reading this morning, uh, as you guys have probably picked up in my conversations over the years, I'm an avid motorcyclist and have attended the 9-11 memorial ride for i think 12 years and it was canceled this year because the state uh governor wolf and pendot would not give out permits and now they've actually gone to the point where they're threatening the licenses of the uh various fire companies and emts and first responders if they participate in what we're calling our protest ride and, you know, if you remember back, you saw Governor Wolf arm-in-arm in a Black Lives Matter march, and he is now saying that we can't have a 9-11 memorial ride. So there is going to be a protest ride. I hope every biker uh, in the central Pennsylvania comes out. Uh, be safe, ride safe, and hopefully the community will support this ride. Why do you need and, a permit? Uh, Why do you need a permit to ride your motorcycles? Exactly. The I guess the coalition got the permits because if you're familiar with the ride, we ride about 45 miles nonstop. Every intersection in every all 19 of the municipalities is blocked, and PennDOT required permitting to block okay. intersections. And so, so that's why they're threatening. That's the the method in which they are threatening these fire companies. They were the ones who did the blocking. Yes, the fire companies, first responders, it was all volunteers that went out and in all 19 municipalities and they blocked the intersection so we'd have a safe ride. And in reading this morning, several of the uh, of these volunteers have posted that their companies told them that if we participate in this, the state could actually pull their licensing, which you think about that. These are volunteers that are out there to help the community and the state is threatening to pull their licenses because they want to help uh, remember 9-11. Well, actually, I think that, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think I can look at it from the other perspective as well. You can't, PennDOT just can't allow people to shut down a street without a permit. I mean, that's long established in Pennsylvania. I, I, you want to shut it yeah. down, you got to get a permit. And if yeah, they don't yeah. give you one, then, you know, the fire companies who are shutting down the streets are acting in violation of the state law. Yeah, I understand that, but isn't it a little ridiculous that the state is saying they won't give a permit out? Uh, to a 9-11 ride that's been going on for 19 years without oh, any Oh, yeah, I agree, I agree with that, but, I mean, what are you going to do are you, if the fire companies can't stop or block the intersections? And, frankly, without a permit, I don't think they should. I don't think that's safe either. Uh, but no, what, are you, what will you guys gonna, do? We're just going to ride like we're out for any other ride, and we're going to obey the traffic laws. When there's a red light, we'll stop. But we have a feeling that most communities are just going to happen to have volunteers that, you know, stand in the intersections and let us ride. And I think we'll get uh, a majority of support, but we will recognize the traffic laws. And uh, we usually have around six to 8,000 bikes, and I hope we double that this year just to show Governor Wolf that he is not going to tell us what we can do. What day is it? <laughs> when, did, when did he change his mind? He's been telling us what we can do all during this pandemic. The, the ride is uh, Friday, 9-11. Okay. And starting where? Uh, up at the uh, Clinton Township uh, Fire Company, like where it always starts. It's not, it's not sanctioned. The Clinton County Fire Company is not sanctioning this. 
The 9-11 coalition is not sanctioning this. This is just a bunch of guys that we're going to go out there and we're going to ride. Okay. And where does it end up? Back there. One oh, big 43-mile circle. Big loop. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, and I see, uh, I hope Mifflinburg Host Company will have their 9-11 walk. That's 30-some miles of walking that they do each year. So hopefully yeah. hopefully they'll still ha have that. I haven't heard their advanced information yet, but we know there's a bunch of 9-11 observances around here. There's one in Northumberland and uh, got some speakers coming for that one. So uh, there, there are a lot of observances. All right, Carl, well, good luck. Safe travels on the motorcycle. Enjoy yourself. Have fun and hope you send the message desired and uh, to tell folks to watch out for those uh, motorcyclists. Always sound advice. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, guys. Take care. Appreciate that. Uh, Paul from Berwick, Pennsylvania. Thank you for waiting. You're now on the mark. Good morning. Good morning, Mark and Joe. I enjoy listening to your program, and uh, what I'm reacting to is different commercials try to portray uh, uh, Joe Biden as such a nice guy and better character than Donald Trump, but uh, I have a long enough memory to remember his actions and in the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, and uh, uh, basically he uh, he and other members of the Democratic Party on the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee had the uh, philosophy of the end justifies the means, and they would do whatever they could to uh, uh, disqualify good people for uh, various offices, specifically specifically judges and so forth. And uh, in fact, of course, Robert Bork, his name actually became a verb that if you were uh, <laughs> character assassinating someone, you 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 Bork them. Right. And uh, so uh, they, of course, did this with uh, Justice Thomas uh, as well. And uh, recently on uh, PBS, I saw. I mean, a couple months ago now. A, a film that's been made called uh, Created Equal. It's the story of Judge Thomas and how he came to his political philosophy and you know went back to when he was a black power activist and participated in all kinds of things. And he explains his position, but there is the uh, interesting scene at the Senate Judiciary Committee where he, Justice Thomas, made his famous... Uh, 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 lynching uh, lynch, uh, defense, uh, uh, high-tech lynching defense, that's what I want to say. And uh, it showed Joe Biden then, uh, after that speech, uh, adjourning, adjourning the meeting, and uh, ju uh, Judge Thomas sat there uh, indignantly, uh, righteously indignantly glaring at all of them. And they, the Democrats got up from the, at the, when they adjourned, and they all looked like... Uh, uh, bugs that you turned over a rock and they were running from the light, you know, <laughs> and so forth. So uh, that's uh, the, the, the character of Joe Biden going back to that and all what the Democrats said. This has just become worse and worse. The Republicans have never treated Ruth Ginsburg and all these other nominees by uh, Democratic presidents. They've never treated them like the, the, uh, the Democrats have done. And this all really came to a head under Joe Biden. His his leadership as chairman of that, that committee, and and I will never forgive him for that. And uh, um, I'm not. I would not vote for Joe Biden. I I can trust the character of of uh, uh, in spite of all the flaws, the character of uh, Donald Trump much more than I can trust Joe Biden. In that uh, the end justifies the means 
type of philosophy. Well, liberals don't seem to care too much for people of color who have chosen to be conservatives. For example, uh, one Democratic uh, pollster, or pundit rather, referred to the Republican National Convention where they had so many people of color making presentations and speeches as a modern-day minstrel show. So, I mean, that contempt for people of color who happen to be conservatives seems to be rather widespread. Right. And they, they also did the same thing. Anybody, for instance, when they had to approve uh, um, Attorney General Ashcroft uh, years ago, uh, they questioned about his, uh, his um, uh, religious convictions and so forth, that he actually lived his religious convictions. And to me, a person who lives their religious convictions is going to be a more trustworthy person because they're going to conduct themselves by, by um, uh, virtue. In, in, their, in their office, they're going to be more diligent because of that. And people like Judge Ashcroft and so forth said, personally, I'm against abortion, but I will carry out the law. You know, I'm duty-bound as a Christian to, do, uh, to carry out the law and so forth. And other judges like that, but they, many were, remo- they were not considered for the federal bench and so forth. And uh, they, they, the Senate Judiciary Committee was very bigoted toward people that were had religious convictions about these areas, even though these people said they were duty-bound, and because they were Christians, I believe they would carry out their duty. And uh, even though that was, you know, they, they personally disagreed with the Supreme Court uh, uh, rulings on this and so on. But um, uh, that that's, that's the kind of thing that's been going on in the Democratic... Uh, control whenever the Democrats control the Senate Judiciary Committee well, and so on. We'll have to be fair about it. I mean, the Republicans, I agree with you, aren't as nasty, but they wouldn't really refuse to give Merrick Garland even a hearing when President Obama nominated him, which I still think was wrong. Well, uh, yeah, that, that was I, that, that was going back to a rule that Joe Biden himself had, had voiced, that when you got so close to an election that uh, the next Supreme Court uh, justice should be uh, put in, made nominate by the new uh, president. So if you look back, what they did was just simply use Joe Biden's rule against President Obama. That when he was the Senate Judiciary Chairman, uh, he had had uh, made this fiat rule himself as a Senate Judiciary. And so when it came time under Obama, the Republicans. Uh, applied Joe Biden's rule. So that that's just, he was getting back what he had done. Hoisted by his own petard, right? right. <laughs> Vengeance is a wonderful motivator when they got the dirt on you. So, okay, well, thank you so much, Paul. Nice really call. appreciate the call. Ringing endorsement for nice, President. Nice to talk to you. Thank you, man. Yeah, not, call again. Not necessarily a ringing endorsement of President Trump, but a stinging uh, reiteration of a the... stinging rebuke. I always like that term. A, a stinging, stinging rebuke. rebuke. <laughs> All right, a stinging rebuke of uh, Joe Biden. We're going to take a quickie break. We've got a couple of emails. Uh, we'll take all callers for and again. Uh, President uh, Trump and for and against Joe Biden. We're talking about the uh, race for the presidency. We got some texts and emails, so we'll read those on the radio. We got and the call. Nobel Peace Prize goes to Donald J. Trump. <sighs> Well-deserved. Oh, brother. (laughs) 1-800-795-9565. We do have a slight comedy note today, so we're glad to say that President Trump nominated for the Peace Prize. 
All right, we'll be right back. When other dealers can't get what you want, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is going strong. While others are leaving you in the cold, the deals at Sunbury Motors Hyundai are heating up with with a sizzling sizzling start start to September. September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is committed to selling 20 new Hyundais by September 14th. Just listen to these deals. 2020 Hyundai Elantras starting at only $17.5. 2020 Konas as low as $21,642. 2020 Tucson's from just $22,500. Deals are hotter than the inside of your mask. And SMC has the vehicles you want in stock now. Remember, all new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 mile powertrain and 5 years, 60,000 mile base warranty. See why we say, if you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. They're doing whatever it takes to sell 20 new Hyundais by the 14th during the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury Uh, You're picking nits over there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Top text, please, Joe. Top text says, good morning. Trump put down John McCain for his military service. In my opinion, he put down all veterans. And that's signed by Bob. Uh, And then Tom chimes in, what a bunch of right-wing malarkey. Spell with a Y, by the way, Tom. You shouldn't have gotten gotten Fred Keller on with Congressman Musier. They both vote in lockstep against all bills in the House and love of Trump. Yuck! <laughs> Signed, Tom. All right. Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, that previous caller, I think he misrepresented the Clarence Thomas series completely. Well, that's his view he, uh, on what happened. How so? The, how so? The big headlines was, was the way Joe Biden treated Anita Hill and her accusations against Clarence Thomas for uh, sexual misconduct in the office. Clarence Thomas was had got a hearing in the Senate, and Clara Thomas got confirmed by the Senate when, when Joe Biden was there, unlike Garrick, uh, Merrick Garland. Garland. You're right. Uh, yeah, what's his name? What's his Merrick, name? Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. Yeah, he's an so asterisk he in history about? now. Clara Thomas got treated so poorly. He got, he got a hearing. He got confirmed. And Joe Biden got the negative head, headlines for the way he uh, treated Anita Hill, not... Not Clarence Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. That's all true. Well, they, 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 that previous caller forgot about all that, I suppose. Well, it's it's the uh, the stalwart's eye view <laughs> sees very little yeah, other than yeah. what they need Republicans to. Republicans have the memory of a dead elephant. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> well, actually, what you're saying is more condemning of Joe Biden than what he said. Correct. I well, I, <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't condemning. His behavior was pretty bad there. I I agree completely. <laughs> but but uh, to to represent it as him being going against uh, Clarence Thomas in that hearing was completely wrong. That was completely opposite of what happened in that hearing. Yeah, you're as According I would call that, it. That guy was on there before me. He was totally off the mark. <laughs> I like that one. That's pretty good. Nice. I hate to tell you, we've heard it before, but, that, <laughs> but it's anyway. still good. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just popped in my head. I'm Joe's sorry. heard everything But before. listen, you know, you make a good point. I mean, Joe Biden was seriously criticized for his treatment of Anita Hill. But, you know, on the whole, um, people really did come down on Clarence Thomas for that. I mean, he, he, he denied well, it. Well, did you hear this? Do you remember the stuff that Anita Hill said about his behavior? Yes, I do. Yes, Pretty I do. Pretty nasty stuff, I thought. It is. Hey, you know... What do you think would happen today with that? How do you, well, you think that would play out differently? What's going on today with that is that Anita Hill uh, had an interview 
the other day. She's back in Joe Biden to be, irregardless of his behavior towards her at the time, she's back in Joe Biden to be the, the next president of the United States. Okay. Which is interesting, isn't it? That is. Well, look she at, must be willing to forgive and forget, except where Clarence Thomas is concerned. Well, maybe she forgave him, well, too. Maybe, we don't know. I mean, when she's considering the two candidates, she had to make a choice of which one she thinks better. Well, if Anita Hill had come forward with her allegations today, there'd be no Justice Thomas. Yeah, I agree. This is Correct. Not yeah, that's true. I mean, he got away. I mean, uh, I'm not going to say he got away with one, but at least he got a hearing, and he even got confirmed. Right. That's a huge difference, isn't it? All right. Well, thank you so much, good, Mike. Good Thanks point. for the call. Mike, thanks for your call. Bye. Yeah, bye. Take care. I do appreciate the call. Mike, you're on the mark from Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah, hey, you know, I guess you guys will, might even get to talk to Joe Biden on the, on the phone here and do an interview, but anonymous sources, multiple anonymous sources are uh, saying that Joe Biden will only do these radio uh, show interviews in the swing states if the interviewers commit to not challenging him on his uh, previous statements where he said you know he wanted to cut funding to the law enforcement and his referral this is a fact he referred to the police as the enemy and his his also his desire to uh, ban development of hydrocarbon fuel and his four trillion dollar proposed tax hike so multiple sources are saying they're only going to get the interview <laughs> if he is not challenged on his flip-flops or or to, to try to determine if what he previously said about cutting funding to the police, referring to, to the police as the enemy, uh, banning uh, the development of hydrocarbon fuel, and his $4 trillion tax hike. It, it, so I don't, I don't understand wh why, why Joe Biden uh, doesn't want to talk about his real positions. We haven't even and, gotten and, that far yet. We've asked his, fo his people for an interview, and he says eventually they will do small market, but now they're still doing major market, and we're considered a medium market, you know, sort of the, the conglomerate size of the Harrisburg-Wilkesbury markets. But, but we had such tough questions for him, too, like, why aren't you angrier, and what keeps you awake at night? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, had all, we wrote all these I'm tough sure questions we'll come out up with for him. We'll have Roger write our questions. He's good. <laughs> now, now let, let me ask you this, Mark. I mean, I, I, I see you as a, a fair and balanced person, is, but you're not on the same uh, side ahead, as me Joe. on a lot of Go issues. <laughs> are you all right? I mean, is your health... If you, are, Joe heard <laughs> the word imbalanced. He thought I was a fair, sure imbalanced you're, person. You've got a fever today, Mike? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the kind of guy... If a person has different beliefs than me, I'm not going to call them insane or brainwashed or any of that. I'm just going to say that their position is different than mine, and they may be slightly misinformed. But <laughs> how would you, if if you had the opportunity to ask Joe Biden questions, how would you feel if they said, well, these questions are off the table for your interview? How would you feel? Did you that happen? A, in, good journalist, a good journalist wouldn't do the interview. Yeah, turn I, probably, it down. I probably wouldn't do the interview because those are really pressing issues that I think... Uh, and I think if he answered them honestly, it might help him. Particularly, like we just talked about the thing with the U.S. Supreme Court. You know, what does he think about this today? He's got his own set of issues related to women and young people to deal with. I'd really love to hear him say, you know, A, that he meant, you know, absolutely nothing by it, if that's what he feels. And then secondly, that... Uh, 
it, if he had a bad attitude, or he did something wrong, or you know, he was inappropriate, that he's changed and grown. You know, you and I, Mike, can say, well, you know, we're definitely not the same person we were 20 years ago. We're not the same person we were 40 years ago. I would love to hear him be able to well, verbalize that he's grown and changed, but you can't get to the questions that would lead to let that. Me, let me give you a good example of what would be acceptable and unacceptable in conditions on an interview. If President Trump said, I will give you the interview, but uh, no questions about my son, Barron. That would be acceptable because Barron's out of the public eye. He's a little kid. He's growing up. But if Joe Biden said, I'll give you the interview, but you can't ask me any questions about Hunter, that would not be acceptable because Hunter Biden has been the subject of news and controversy. So, I mean, there are conditions you could put on an interview, but not ones that would involve asking serious, legitimate questions of the candidate. Exactly. I I think the line for Biden is drawn at this. He can give his answer, but there's no serious follow-up questions to challenge him. I mean, I just don't hear him being challenged at all. It's it's almost like it's a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a little tea party when he gets to talking to these people. And it, what passes his interviews, there, there's really nothing there. There's no there there. Can you imagine if Joe Biden had a news conference like the president has every day? It'd be terrible. <laughs> He'd be a pile of mud. But you watch. There, be they're nothing find, left of him. He's going to find some way to back out of the first debate because he doesn't want to go up against Chris Wallace. Hmm. All right, thank I, you so much, I, Mike. He wouldn't. There oh, wouldn't be any debate go. if he could stay in that. If he could have stayed in the basement, there wouldn't have been a single ba- uh, debate because that that was his plan: stay in the basement, don't don't cause anything, ride this out. His lead was so high, and and then it evaporated with all the violence, and he had to switch and turn the violence into Trump's violence instead of the what it really is. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Yep, we got you. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right, stand by, folks. We got callers waiting, emails and texts are plenty, and we'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. That's salespeople drumming down the hall. They do a good job. Yeah, I like that. That's got a beat. Rob on the guitar. I give it a 75. You can dance to it. Right, remember that. That used to be one on Dick Clark. They had to rate the record. I remember that. You do? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, you're older than I thought you were. <laughs> All righty. Uh, let's see. Caller standing by. Caller standing by. Eric, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. And you're welcome, Eric. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. So President Trump has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. That's true. Are you so, okay? Are you, you back know, on the road? You're good to go. How many people are currently nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for this year? How many people have been nominated? I don't know. 318. 
318. Okay. 318 have been nominated. You know what the criteria is to be nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize? Sure. A leg- as legislator from the, in the Oslo government has to say, I nominate him. Uh, I like historical precedents. I'll throw one up to you. Do you know who was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1939? Oh, dear. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> it's true. Nominated. No, it's true. This is very true. Do you know what happened to... <laughs> Do you know what happened to uh, Norway in 1940 when Hitler didn't win? <laughs> they got invaded. <laughs> <laughs> Taken over, right? So if I was in Norway, I'd be very, very, very concerned right now. You better uh, win. Hey, but no, seriously, gentlemen, no, seriously, there's no truth to the rumor that only uh, Norwegian kippers are being served at the White House, nor that the new Trump Tower Oslo is in the works. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, but you know, let's face it, and, and I know you're you're making a, a, a funny point and a good point. Well, but it, president, it has to be a funny point, doesn't it, gentlemen? Not I mean, really, because what the president has done in the Middle East has defied all the odds. Everybody said when he recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, oh, this is going to make things far worse in the Middle East. There's going to be riots and deaths. And instead, what he does, and his son-in-law, who is ridiculed by almost everybody, manages to go over there and finds common ground between two enemies. And that's encouraging. And even Joe Biden said, well, well, if I'm elected, I'll build on this. So, I mean, the president has done something pretty historic there, at least as historic as Jimmy Carter bringing Menachem Begin and uh, Yasser Arafat together. And how long did that last? Still going on. Israel and, and Egypt still have the re- relations. And There's they, some ups and downs in the yeah. Middle East. We'll leave it at the, the but they're not was, shooting was at each other. A couple years later after that. Hey, peace uh, is peace. Any I, peace my, is my good peace. Is this, and, I, and yes, I'm putting my tongue in my cheek here. Okay. But I am really concerned. And what makes this ludicrous to me is on the international front, he's being nominated for a peace prize, yet he is putting such discord out to America and what's going on in the front lines of America of racial tensions. He keeps pouring fuel on these fires. And, yeah, and but what's that's going in on the in eye of the beholder. Discord we have in the United States when he's encouraging people to violate the Constitution and violate federal law by voting twice, and he keeps okay. saying to do it. But Eric, that these is all the in the... that makes this whole thing ludicrous is what, how much discord and war we have here in the United States with both sides now arming themselves, both sides now killing people. But, Eric, that's in the eye of the beholder. Nobody is violent, sort of, uh, because they are, uh, because somebody told them to do it. People who are violent are doing the violence. They're violent people. They could be protesting about anything. And, honestly, I'm not a fan of the president. If you've been listening to the show, I know that to be true. But... The half of the division is simply because of the way it's perceived on both sides of the aisle now. You know, now people have absolutely no taste for time for uh, hearing anything on the other side. A classic example, last week we had uh, one of the local Republicans called in and said why he was not going to vote for President Trump, and the next caller said, that guy makes me, makes me want to puke. Now, what kind of a comment is that? What kind of a citizen says, or, or you know, religious person, he's a religious Christian and a and a Republican citizen who says, okay, well, I've heard some opposition to uh, a candidate, so the only response I have now is to vomit. You know, so it's really, it's on both sides. It's it, The president is certainly encouraging the division, but, you know, nobody divides themselves from someone else without their permission. I mean, they decide to 
you know, choose these polar opposites. Have you seen the pictures? I, I choose to disagree with you because what I see is uh, Trump supporters showing up in these cities and, yes, firing weapons, paintballs. And after the, the paintballs were fired at this gentleman, he ended up shooting back and, and killing the other guy. And then the, pa- the president calling them patriots and showing up with Trump, Trump uh, flags. How about the Black Lives Matter protesters in Pittsburgh who are assaulting people and waving fists in their face while they're trying to eat? Is the president responsible for that? Is, 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 uh, is the vice president Biden responsible for that? Former vice president Biden? No, but that? I'm, you're, you're or, saying it's all on seeing, the... Are we seeing the propensity of Biden flags showing up at Black Lives Matter rally? You're also... Are we showing... What you're saying, though, is that the, 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 the conservatives are all at fault. There are no liberal bad people. There are no, no people out no. there causing a problem who are liberals. I'm not saying that, Joe. I'm saying that this president is continuing to put the fuel in the fire of discourse in this country. And rather than trying to, to bring us into a, a intelligent and peaceful uh, decision-making process for our election in lesson. All right. Well, as you said to Mark, I respectfully disagree. But thank you for calling. (laughs) All right. We got to get another caller. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Eric. Uh, Let's see. We have one call coming in and one call waiting. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Cindy, I predicted you'd probably have to wait about twelve minutes. It was fourteen. So thank you so much for doing all the patience today. We appreciate that. We're enjoying an open phones Wednesday. Well, first, I want to apologize for hanging up yesterday, but my beloved aunt showed up at the door. What a surprise. I had to hang up, so sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. But I wanted to respond to the conversation yesterday, for those who weren't listening, um, was about Social Security and claiming that the Republicans are going to lay waste to Social Security. And I wanted to point out a change that I would like to make in Social Security. And the change is this. I, I doubt that most of the listeners realize, but your payment into Social Security ends after your income rises above $137,700. And so every penny you make more than that, no matter how high it goes into the billions and trillions, you pay no Social Security tax on that income. Why? Why should we do that? I mean, you know, a person who makes $25,000 a year, every penny they earn gets taxed. A person who makes $50,000 a year, every penny they earn gets taxed. A person who makes $75,000 a year, again, every penny you earn gets taxed. Why should we give people making $200,000, a year, a million dollars a year, they get a break? More than that, people who their income comes from capital gains, they pay no Social Security on that income. It's only paid on earned income. So if you, if you uh, these uber-wealthy people who live off their investments, once again, they're not paying any Social Security tax on that income. And I ask myself, why? If it's okay to do it to someone who's making $25,000 a year, every penny, it's certainly okay to do it to somebody who's making $25 million a year. So my proposal is that we should tax all income. 
All incomes. Now, of course, the people whose income is higher than that, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, what? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Most wealthy people say, go ahead. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't think so. I know, yeah, so. Joe makes more than that, but most of us don't. Uh, what What else, Cindy, would reform Social Security? That's just one step to bring in more revenue. What else? I, um, I think Social Security should not be paid to people who earn, whose income exceeds a million dollars a year. Do you have to pay in? Yep. I have to pay into the wars. I don't want them. I've been very outspoken about it on this show. But I have to pay taxes that fund these wars. Well, I don't want to do that, but I have to. And so I understand that they might feel that since they've paid into Social Security, they should get something from it. But I don't think they need it. And we realize that the government has abused this plan by, in my words, stealing the money and using it for other things. It's not held aside. Their scheme is that they will just tax higher and higher in the future to cover up for the fact that they've stolen this money. Cindy, so, Cindy, Cindy, I, the, I no, can't believe no, I'm no, hearing. No, no, no. I can't believe I'm hearing this from you. You're saying that people should pay for something they don't get any value out of. That's I don't like get saying any value out of us waging war all across the world. But we get no, but, but social security. You I have you no pump, problem paying taxes to help. You my pump money Americans. into social None security. Whatsoever. You pump but money into social security. Why am I paying to beat the crap out of countries Jeez. that have done nothing? To me. You Nothing pay. To you have paid money into Social Security, and it's a contract between the government and people. I pay in, my employer pays in, and when I hit a certain age, I get to take some out based on what I put in. That's fair. That's equitable, All regardless right. of how much you put in or how much you may or may not need it. We'll give you a quick response, Cindy. Then we got to move on. Go right ahead. I think that it should be paid to the people who need it, and it should not be paid to uber-wealthy people. That's communism, from each according to his ability to to each according to his need. Subsidizing uber-wealthy people by paying them this this money. All right, thank you so much, Cindy. Really appreciate it. Uh, Upper right-hand corner, Joe, please. There's so much fake news, yet we ignore Biden political pocket lining and cognitive abilities. Well, Mike, you got a point, because we'll never know, because Joe Biden won't talk to the media unless they ask him tough questions like, what keeps you up at night, Mr. Vice President, and why aren't you angrier? All Both right. of which are questions that were posed to him by the softball media that he's willing to talk to. All right, start right there, please. Okay, back in the news today, the accuser of Trump rape in New York is moving forward. We, the taxpayers, will foot the bill. Yeah, what do you think about that? President Trump wants us to pay for his defense. No, the, the, uh, as oh. I understand it, what he's being sued for is something he said while in office. And that is something that the government has to defend a president's against, whether you like it or not. You know, the basic charge, I guess, that from, from the rape or whatever, the alleged rape is before he was in office. But what she's suing for now is defamation of character. Right. And that was based on a statement he made while in office. Okay. Uh, oh, geez, there goes our text. All right. Demos, well, you, stand you, by. You quit the whole, no, erase the whole box? No. Oh, okay. They went away. They'll be back. Okay. They'll be back. But we'll be back. We're going to take a quick break. we got a caller standing by. We'll need another caller to wrap up the show. So dial now, 1-800-795-9565. When other dealers can't get what you want, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is going strong. While others are leaving you in the cold, the deals at Sunbury Motors Hyundai are heating up with the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is committed to selling 20 new Hyundais by September 14th. Just listen to these deals. 2020 Hyundai Elantras starting at only 17.5. 2020 Konas as low as 21.642. 2020 Tucson's from just 22.5. The deals are hotter than the inside 
out of your mask. And SMC has the vehicles you want in stock now. Remember, all new Hyundais come with America's best warranty, 10 years, 100,000 mile powertrain, and five years, 60,000 mile base warranty. See why we say, if you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. They're doing whatever it takes to sell 20 new Hyundais by the 14th during the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury Motors. Uh, let's read the text. I'm <laughs> sorry. Catch me mid-sentence here. If I can get this to behave. There you go. Top ones. All right. If higher earnings were taxed for Social Security, that would only mean those people that get higher payouts when they are eligible. Good point. Well, you could cap the payout. Another one says, good morning. Trump Nobel Peace Prize for Middle East makes sense. He's a racist. In the USA, he made more divided than united. Go Biden-Harris 2020 until we stand divided. What? If we stand. Uh, United, we stand. Divided, we fall. There you go. A couple of fragmentary texts (laughs) there. Yeah, it's hard to read them when they're separated. (laughs) Demos is on the line. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, Mark. I want to inform you I'm outside from the 370 Market Street. Last night they break my window and I tried to fix today. I want to know what happened in the Sunbury. We won the, the domestic terrorism. I want to meet you one day to tell my story if you want to hear about that. Because in two minutes I can say nothing. Uh, that would be fine. What happened to your building, the former Bittner building? Well, it's still the Bittner uh, building. No, 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 give me that, Mark. The thing is, the politics just is corrupted in here. I try to destroy me. You see, last night, they break my glass. The police come in my house, and I come today to fix it. This is a joke. You got to listen to my story, Mark. Okay. Well, give we... me an appointment one day to talk together. You see the newspaper? They ignore me. That's corrupted, too. I didn't well, see Where that. did they break this glass, Demos? Did they break it at your house? Or I at your... don't know. I don't know. They tried to scare me because I'm spoken about the no, sugar days and the criminal enterprise. It's I don't know. I didn't ask you where. why. I asked you where. 370 was Market Street. Come was on, it Joe, your, Pay no, attention. Was it your house? He said his house. Street in the front window. The glass is broken. I replaced with the plywoods. Okay, but did okay. they damage your house as well? Earlier you said something about your house. No, no, the police come and they have the courtesy to come in my house to inform me they break the glass. I got you. Thank about the police, they come in. All right, good luck. We will have a chit-chat. We'll sit down and chit-chat. As soon as we can sit six feet or five feet apart from each other, we'll do that, Demos. Thank you so much for checking in. Give me a call. I give my telephone. We have it. Yep, we have it on the, mach- on oh, the machine now. It. Yep. Please, no delay like the newspaper. Danny Adams, man. Thank uh, you. Uh, yep, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Chris. Chris, okay. There we go. Chris, you're on the mark. Yeah, well, I hope uh, Sydney votes Democratic because a lot of Democrats have suggested her uh, Social Security solution. Certainly no Republicans have. And uh, when you talk about troops coming back, you should be careful, maybe define what you mean by back, because Trump actually has more troops overseas than Obama did. And he has more troops in the Mideast than Obama had, but he's making that harder to find out because they're not releasing those numbers now because they don't want people to know. 
So we've increased numbers and, a little bit elsewhere, but pulled out a, a base or something. They're in the Mideast, too. He hasn't brought them home. He's moved what country they're in. Oh, that's right. He transferred them. Yes. And he's actually set more there, too. And But he's now not reporting the numbers in the Mideast specifically, so you can find out by roundabout measures and make some estimates, but you can't find the exact but you numbers. But you were the same guy who complained country. when he was cutting back troops in Germany. You were saying, oh, this is terrible. What? You, you were the one who called in and said that, complained about him taking troops out of Germany, saying he was disrespecting our ally. Oh, he might have been disrespecting our ally by various things he did about Germany, but I, I don't remember complaining about sending uh, his withdrawing troops from there. Okay, what else but, is on your uh, mind? And and the Biden rule was never a rule, and it was just an idea. And you forgot to add the additional part that he said that he should do. That Bush should nominate a in '92. Bush should nominate if he's doing somebody in the last year, a relatively moderate candidate that's somewhat acceptable to Democrats too. And he ended up never enforcing the rule, which never was a rule, and never it was just an idea he he mentioned at the beginning of the vacancy. And he never, uh, and they, they've had a vote and it had the hearings on, on, on whoever was nominated, and I believe he got in office. So there never was a rule, and uh, certainly McConnell never believed in the rule either because he's already announced if uh, Oak One shows up anytime Trump is still in office, whether he wins the election, when he, even if he loses the election, and even if it's in December. Or, December or January, he tried to get uh, a Republican, another another Republican nomination, Trump nomination on the Supreme Court. So, <laughs> but you wouldn't think that would be a bad idea, though, right? Because you, you don't. There was never a rule. Biden said it was. It was never a rule. So there is no, no precedent. Biden didn't say no. Biden never said the word rule. It was the Republicans who said rule, and they didn't quote the back half of it about nominating a moderate or vaguely acceptable candidate to the opposite party, which was part of his speech. Can you think of any candidate President Trump could nominate that would be in any way acceptable to any Democratic member of Congress? Well, certainly. Uh, Obama found one that was largely acceptable to a lot of Republicans. Yeah, Merrick Garland. Yes. So I assume Trump could do the same thing if he stops taking far-right people and uh, and political hacks. All right, but mo- to, but our uh, your your beloved vice presidential candidate, your beloved vice presidential candidate, made it a religious test. With someone being a Catholic shouldn't be on the Supreme Court because they support, uh, you know, life. That's uh, that's a bunch of baloney. No, it's not. <laughs> She's on yes, the record. She's on the record. No, she... that, first of all, you're talking about Harris, not Biden. I said Harris. I said your beloved candidate oh. for vice president. Okay, and she didn't didn't talk about his being a Catholic. She talked about him being a member of a Catholic organization. Okay. Well, there aren't too We're many Jewish people Catholic in that organization. Are. The so people are in it. The people who are in it are Catholics, Catholic. and that makes her anti-Catholic, I think. All right, Joe, we're going to have no, to suspend you. That's true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. Always, always, always appreciate your call. 
Joe, you're suspended after tomorrow. You have to take another three days off. Oh, no. <laughs> How will I live? <laughs> You'll do okay. Thank you, everybody, for participating in our show. We'll pick up where we left off tomorrow. You're listening to On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury WKOK News. Time it is 10 a.m. Time for the Dan Patrick Show.